are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. Hey, it is good to be here with you this morning. My name is Chris Holcomb. I am one of the pastors here at Bethany First Church, and I always love any opportunity that I get to share God's Word uh, with the people of God, and so I'm excited to be here today. As I get started, I I do want to kind of set the stage for the sermon I want to set the stage for what we're going to begin to get into as we read the Word of God and as we tell some stories and as we think about the ways in which God is leading us. But here's how I want to set the stage. And I think as the people of God, we forget this so often. Did you know, did you know that right now there is somebody who is working in the background of your life? There is somebody who is working on the behalf of you. There is somebody who is always in the business of trying to work on your life that is trying to guide you and lead you. As I was thinking about this message and thinking about the fact that that is God, God is the person in our life who is always working in the background, even when we don't see it. I started thinking about people who are always working in the background of my life. Obviously, the first one that comes to my mind is my wife, Hannah. She's just kind of always working on my life. She's kind of always correcting. She's kind of always helping. She's always supporting. She's always doing all kinds of things that supports me. But even Hannah doesn't do it full time. I started thinking about some friends that I have. Timmy Riggs, he's uh, he's my life coach. I'm just a really bad student. But Timmy's one of those people, Pastor Timmy, who's just kind of always coaching and motivating me. If I'm having a sad day, I give Timmy a call on my way home, and next thing you know, I'm running three miles, you know? He's just kind of that person for me. But even Timmy, he doesn't work at it full time. Another person that came to my mind is Pastor Casey. Pastor Casey is somebody in my life that is always kind of helping and supporting me. If I'm reading scripture, I call him to make sure I'm not a heretic. He is super theologically sound. He knows scripture. He knows stories. He knows he's an academic. And so I give Casey a call anytime that I have. But he's always kind of supporting me. But he doesn't do it full time. You ever have those days where you're like, man, I need a full time assistant just to manage my life. You know what I'm talking about. There's a God who loves you, knows you, sees you, hears you, and that God full time is in the business of working on your behalf. This morning's sermon is titled this, God works all things for good. God works all things for good. And I'm going to read a passage of scripture that we're going to work towards, but I I want to give you the ending now because it's the hopeful message and the encouraging message of our scripture today. And it's out of Romans 8.28. It's a verse, if you've grown up in church, you know this verse. Uh, Many of you probably know this verse by heart. And if it's the first time you're hearing this verse, well, get ready because you're about to be encouraged. Romans uh, 8.28 says this. And we know... And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. 
This is a verse that is designed to inspire. It's a verse that is designed to give hope. It's a verse that is designed to remind us of who God is and the fact that he's always working things out for our good. But the problem is, you sit here today, and you and I both know that there are times and seasons in our life where things aren't so good. And in fact, I think that there is somebody here this morning who's going, you know what, Pastor Chris, I hear that verse. I know that verse. But things aren't so good. What do you do when not everything is good? What do you do when you're in a season where it's not so good, where there are still places deep within us that are not so good? Uh, In 2019, uh, just about three years ago, I got really into running. And my whole life, I have hated running. Any sport that I played, when it got time to run sprints, I mean, you saw me get real down. I mean, my friends are going to be way faster than me. I'm always going to come in last place. That's just the reality that I had. But in 2019, I started running. And over the course of that year, I got actually pretty good at running. Uh, I, I, I really did. I, they would, it got to the place where on a normal week, I would go out and I'd run a 5K, no problem. I mean, I'd be running a 5K a couple times a week. I, I really got to this place where what, this thing that was not so good in my life that I despised and I hated actually became good. But then we all know what happened. In 2020, COVID hit, and obviously I couldn't run. (laughs) Don't judge me. (laughs) Yeah, you didn't cut out running, but you cut out other things you could have kept doing. Oh, 2020 hit, it was like, can't run anymore. I do remember driving down the road, and this guy was running. He had his mask on. I was like, what are you trying to prove? You know? But in 2020 hit, and all of a sudden, I started going on a few less runs, and next thing you know, I'm not really running anymore, and you get to that place where all of a sudden, running's not good again. 2021 rolls around, and honestly, it was just more of the same. Couldn't run because COVID was still around. I was like, well, eventually this will go away. Maybe I'll pick it up then. 2021 just kind of felt more the same, but I remember New Year's Day, 2022, New Year, New Me. I mean, I was like, this is it. I'm getting back into running. This is what I'm going to do. I remember putting on my running shoes, dusting them off, putting them back on, and I take off from my house on a run. I live in Riverbend uh, with with all of you. (laughs) So you know that already. I know that people in Riverbend know that it's the new year because I picture them outside drinking their coffee, and they're like, honey, must be the new year. Pastor Chris is trying to run again. That's how I feel. So I take off 2022, new year, new me. I'm about three, about 0.3 miles in. I'm like, this feels good. This feels right. I haven't lost it all. I still got it. Half a mile in, I'm like, I've lost it all. I mean, I've lost it all. Half a mile in, I'm like, this is not good. I don't want to do this anymore. Why am I doing this? What's the point? I'm never going to be able to make it to where I once was. I got to start all over at this point. I'm like, man, why why did I stop? I'm having all these doubts. It's just not good. I want to be done. And right at that moment, I kid you not, a bird flies over and drops a present straight into my mouth. (laughs) This is a true story. I'm not making it up. I'm a half mile in, and a bird flies over and a gift from the bird into my mouth. I'm standing there outside on Wilshire, close to council, 
on a, on a sidewalk, and I am just spitting it out. And I'm thinking, what? My first thought is, God, why? Like, why would you? You could have not let this happen. Like, what are the chances? I'm running so slow. Like, how did this even happen? My first thought, I just started blaming God. I was like, this is unbelievable. 2022, it's no different. It is no different. After that, I was like, man, bird flu's back, and I'm patient zero. You know, that's like the next thing. I tell this story because the truth is, it is, it's a true story. Uh, and the truth is, for me, it kind of does in some silly, weird way. It actually represents a season of life that Hannah and I were in. It represents it. I kept trying to restart, kept trying to say, man, we got to get to the good. I can't keep living this. What most people don't know is that year 2021 was awful for us. We lost somebody so close to us. We lost our mammy. We had family stuff. We had stuff going on. We had job transition with Hannah, all kinds of things. It was just hard. So you know what I'm talking about when I say we can read a verse like Romans 8, 28, that God's working all things for good. But man, there's just some seasons where you're like, but it's not good yet. It's not good yet. It's not good yet. So here's what I want to do. We're going to go back to verse 22. I want you to lean in. This is going to be old school Bible study time. All right. I don't want you to hear truth from me. I want you to hear truth from the word of God today. So here we go. Romans 8, uh, uh, 8, 22. All right. Verse 22 is where we're going to be. Romans 8, verse 22. It says this. We know, this is Apostle Paul. He's writing to the church of Romans. He says, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. We know that the whole creation has been groaning. What does it mean when he's saying groaning? He's saying, look, the whole world is groaning. You know what it's like to groan. I mean, come on, you, you know what that's kind of like. You, do, you know what it's like after a hard day, you get home, you kick the shoes off, you sit down in the chair and you let out the, ugh. You know what it's like to groan. All the ladies in their house, like, he does that every time he stands up, you know? You know what it's like to groan? Cowboys fans are about to know what it's like to groan. It's going to hurt today. Today's going to be a painful day. You know what it's like to, he's not talking about those trivial groans. He's not talking about those things that don't matter. He's talking a deep very deep groan of the world. You know what he's talking about here? It's when you watch the news and you say, what is wrong with the world? Hannah read me a news article last night and this deep groan in my life. And I said, what is wrong with the world? He says the whole creation, the whole world is groaning there is a brokenness. There is a separation. There is this, uh, this undercurrent of our life where we just groan at the world because we know that it is broken and it's messed up and it's in desperate need of the grace and love and the reconciliation of God. That's the groaning. That's the groaning. And to know what you're groaning over, you have to go really deep within your soul. 
And he says there's groaning in the world. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. You know what he's saying here? Yeah, the world groans. But so do the people of God. We're not exempt from this groaning just because we're in relationship with God. So what he's saying here is, hey, church, I know you're groaning also. I know that you have pain also. This can sometimes be problematic for us as believers because sometimes our relationship with God is more transactional than it is transformational. And so what that means is is that we approach our relationship with God how we approach the world. I'm going to give and I'm going to get. I'm going to give you something so that I get something in return. And that's not how our relationship with God is. Our relationship with God is transformational. As we are obedient, God is going to be obedient to us. It's not always transactional. It doesn't always seem fair, but it is always good. It's tough for us. Even the believers groan. Even the believers are groaning in pain. He says this in verse 24, For in this hope... For in this hope we are saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. We wait for it patiently. I love the example that Paul gives here when he talks about this groaning in the world. He compares it to that of childbirth. I think it's a great example because moms, you know. You're like, I know what that process feels like. And I, 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 this may surprise you, I've never given birth, but I can tell you that I've labored three or four days through a hard common cold. So I get it. I understand. You know, the thing about having a baby, it's a long process, nine months. Nine months of this waiting this is kind of agony. This is this thing you go through, your body, all kinds of stuff. And then you go through the process of childbirth. But here's what he's saying here. We hope for what we haven't seen. Through that process, we're hoping for something. You know that even through this process, as hard and difficult as it may be, this thing that is coming is going to bring you so much joy. It's going to be so good. You're so hopeful. You're going to never have loved anything more in your life than this thing that comes after childbirth. If you already had a baby in your arms, you wouldn't be like, man, I hope I have this baby. You don't hope. You hope for what you don't see. You hope for what you don't have yet. You hope for what you anticipate is coming. So what if it's not good yet? What if it's not good yet? Verse 26, let's keep going, says this. In the same way, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. I told you this was old school Bible study method. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. What does he mean by weakness? Weakness, it's the breakdown. 
It's the breakdown of our spiritual and our physical bodies. You and I all have weakness. Hannah and I are, are in the, uh, we're looking for a car. We're looking for an older used car right now. And it, it reminded me of this analogy to use today, which is the fact that we're looking for a car that is older and has a lot of high miles. The reality is, is that kind of car might break down. It might have some things that you got to get fixed. That's the same with our bodies. That's the same with our spirit. That's the same with our mind, our bodies, our minds, our emotional, our spirit. It's got miles on it. And the older you get, the more miles you have, the more life that you go through, and more breakdowns you start to have. Some of you are like, amen. This thing's starting to fail me. It's starting to go. Man, I've had more years of relationship that have hurt me. More years of separation from, from family or whatever it may be in your life. It's the breakdown of our spiritual and our physical bodies. We all have weaknesses. But the Spirit of God helps us in our times of need. The Spirit of God, uh, it helps us with some of the side effects and choices of sin that we may have made in our life. The Spirit of God helps us with the scars of our past. The Spirit of God helps us with the traumas that we face. The Spirit of God helps us with things like depression and illness and disease and brokenness and regret and grief. It helps us with temptation and loneliness. The Spirit of God helps us with our deepest groans in our life. Spirit of God dwells so deeply within your life. It dwells so richly within your life that this verse tells us that the Spirit of God can actually intercede on your behalf. If you are in a season of life where you don't even know what to pray, you don't even know where to start, you don't even know how to move forward, guess what? If you're a follower of Jesus, the Spirit of God lives within you, and this passage of Scripture is hopeful because even when you don't have the words to pray, the Spirit of God intercedes for you to the Father. Man, somebody needs to know that truth today. Somebody needs to know that truth today. That the Spirit of God is interceding on your behalf, is working on your behalf, is communicating with the Father who is waiting to do something good in your life. A um, couple months ago, a couple months ago, my brother and my sister-in-law, Jordan and Kyle, they, they got a call. Jordan's dad had been struggling uh, with some liver issues, but it got to a point where it was getting really bad. It got to a point where it was starting to be questionable what would happen in her dad's future, and, and he's a young guy, and, and it, it came to the point uh, just before Thanksgiving that he got diagnosed with end-stage liver disease. We were crushed. I mean, we were praying. People were praying. We, we didn't know what to do. We didn't know how this was going to end. On Thanksgiving Day, um, my brother and sister-in-law, they were late to Thanksgiving lunch because they got the call that morning that said, everybody needs to come. Everyone needs to come. We don't know how this is going to end, but it's, it's not good. Her father was unconscious. He was being held on life support. And we were crushed Thanksgiving Day. What if it's not so good? What if it's not so good? We begin to pray hard. Next thing you know, 
Five or six days later, we're praying. All of a sudden, we get a text that says, hey, it's liver transplant or nothing at this point. It's an absolute waiting game. We're waiting on a liver. That's the only thing here. We need a miracle that God would deliver a liver. That's the only thing that can save his life at this point. And all of a sudden, a few days after that, we get a text that says, you're not going to believe this, but there's possibly a liver. We got to pray for all the tests. We got to pray that it checks out. Next thing you know, the next text is, you're not going to believe this, but this is a match. It's a perfect match, and he's going into surgery tonight. The next day, we get the text. The surgery went really good. We're going to wait and watch. All of a sudden, within 24 to 48 hours, the color comes back into his body. Life begins to go as it should, and here he is. He is home. He is out of the hospital, and he is all of a sudden, we are living in this day of looking back on this story. Yeah, come on. Give God a little praise. God does it. He does it. We're living in this story right now where we've been asking the question, what if it's not so good? And all of a sudden, we're living out this story where miracle after miracle, things happen after things happen. And next thing you know, there is a good story that is ending in this. We don't even know what the end story is, but we know this for a fact, that God is working on his behalf. That we believe that there is going to be something where God gets glorified for the work and the miracles that he has done. Verse 28, verse 28, we're going to close with this. It says this, and we know, what do we know? And we know, what do we know? We know that God's done it before. We know that God has done it before and he's going to do it again. We know that time and time again, God is true to who he says he is. Scripture is filled with these stories. If you're hearing this verse going, I don't know, I'm telling you, open up the word. Open up the word, any of these stories, and you will begin to remind yourself that God is at work at all times. And we know that in all things, all things, Pastor Chris, all things, everything. I'm telling you, everything. Well, well, Pastor Chris, you don't know my situation. I'm telling you, everything. Well, Pastor Chris, you don't know about my marriage, we've, we've, we've struggled for 30 years. I'm telling you, everything in all things, we know that in all things, God works. What do you mean God works? God's working. He's working. Give him a minute, but he's working. It might not be on your timing, but give him just a minute. God is working. You might be saying, well, I want it now. I'm tired of this place that I'm in. I know God is working. Hold on. Give him a minute. One of my my favorite uh, uh, um, quotes is this. I heard it from Stan Toller. It says this, that God is seldom early. Ooh, wouldn't we like him to be? God, I need you to be here a little earlier next time. You know what I'm saying? God is seldom early, but never late, and always on time. Seldom early, never late, but always on time. God works. Yeah, he's working right now. He's working in the background of your life. And we know 
that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. I want to be careful here because this passage or this ending passage, one of the things that it can do and it can kind of push us off center just a hair is that when we read this, that God works all things for the good of those who love him. It, it puts it on us like we have to do better. We got to love God more. We got to do more. We got to go to church more. We got to read more. We got to do all these things more so that God can love me. It's not transactional. A better interpretation of this would replace the word of with with and through. So it reads like this. And we know that in all things, God works for the good with and through those who love him. Why the change? Why does it matter? Because God wants to do it with us. He wants to journey with you in the deepest, darkest groans of your weakness. He wants to hold your hand. He wants to do it with you. He wants to do it through you. He wants good to come from you, not from your outside circumstance. It's not about doing more so you get a bigger house. You know that. That's prosperity gospel. We don't believe that here. God wants to do it with and through you. He wants to walk with you, guide you. He actually wants the good to be produced through your life. It's through your life that is going to produce the good, through your perspective that's going to produce the good, through your joy that's going to produce the good. God wants to work with and through you. So what if it's not good yet? What if it's not good yet? Then God is not done yet. If it is not good yet, then God is not done yet. You got a wayward son and daughter? God's not done yet. You got a situation that you're facing? God's not done yet. You got something you're really going through, something you're really battling? God's not done yet. You got a diagnosis that you hate? God's not done yet. You got a friend that's in really bad despair? God's not done yet. God works all things for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. That's you and I. That is you and I. That is you and I. As we worship today, the response is this. It's literally to stand in this place, in this sanctuary where God's presence is so real and so tangible and you are to stand there knowing that it's not so good yet. And even in that time, because God is still working on your behalf, you can stand there, arms raised, worshiping, voice singing out to praise, believing something that is gonna happen in the future, trusting that you know who God is, you know that he's done it before and he's gonna do it again. He is gonna see us through. God is working. We're going to sing a song called Waymaker. And the response today is for you to worship to God with all of your heart and being. I want you to care nothing about the people next to you. I'm tired of caring about the people next to me. It is about God only in this place. And if you need God to do something on your behalf, you stand today and you worship with your heart and soul. Everything you have, we give it to God. Father, help us in these moments to respond to you. Thank you for your word and your scripture. Father, I pray that, that, that you'll just guide us and you'll lead us. That hope will overwhelm us. That your goodness will transform us. That no matter what we're going through, we can trust 
you. So let's stand together and let's worship. Give God praise for what he's doing, what he continues to do. Amen. He is the way maker. Let's sing it out with all that we have this morning. the Lord. As you leave this place, remember God is at work on your behalf. I leave you with this benediction today. The Spirit of God hears your deepest groans, knows your every weakness, dwells deeply within you, 
and intercedes on your behalf. Go today knowing that God is working all things for good with and through you. Thank you for being here today. You are dismissed. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.